What's up, fellas? Welcome back to Combos Over Cold Brew with me, your host, Emma Abrahamson. Today we're talking to Sam Parsons, one of the founders of Tin Man Elite. Sam and I go way back to high school where I met him for the first time at NXN in 2011, I believe. <laughs> Sam ran at NC State. Now he is a pro runner for Adidas and obviously Tin Man Elite. He is the creative director behind Tin Man Elite. And in today's episode, we talk about running the creation of a brand from basically the ground up and Sam's goals for 10 minute elite down the road and much more. So let's just get into today's episode. Okay, Sam, I am excited to have you on the podcast. To get started, you want to just give us a little intro of who you are and what you're about? What I'm about? Um, my name is Sam Parsons. Uh, I'm a pro runner. Um, I'm a creative. I'm an adventurer at heart. Um, yeah, that's good enough for me. That's a good little intro. Um, you and I go way back. We go way back. We go back to... 2011 yeah. i think is when we met it's very briefly crazy how far we've come now you know <laughs> I, I know doing this podcast all those years up until this moment we we made it i know it, it all led up to this actually it's actually crazy how many friends i still have from like meeting people back in 2011 in the running world like across yeah. the country it's kind of wild how I, the running world is too small i think but it is I cool know, to see true. like what everyone's done over the years yeah I mean there's so many people like just scattered about from those like formative years that me and you went through you know like through being like going to summer camps you know to NXN and those sort of formative things and like how those people have all kind of branched out and gone their different ways whether it's with like brands or with photos or on YouTube or doing their own running or you know like whatever it may be so I still have that same network too so it is cool. Well, honestly, I needed to start off the podcast because we need to settle some beef from <laughs> 2011. This has been the back of my mind forever. So I needed to get you on so we can, you know, have a face-to-face conversation about it. So I remember listening to a podcast. This was, I think, back in 2019. I don't remember what po- whose podcast it was, but you were talking about NXN and how that was like your first experience with runner girls or something. <laughs> I guess like kind of kind of talk about that element of NXN for you. <laughs> um, I guess just being like overwhelmed by all the blonde California girls, just, you know, um, <laughs> I think that uh, it was one of those things where like NXN is something that is like the one shining moment of your running career at that time. You know, it was like at the time I was so tunnel vision, like the one thing I do in my running career, if I can make NXN, it'll all be worth it. You know, if I can get that, bag that those shoes you know it'll all be worth it and then you know all of a sudden you go to college and then professionally and all those things like you know fade into like what you thought was the peak you know um but that's just like one of those things where like I guess my introduction to runner girls was just that (laughs) that like I was just a very very small fish in a really big pond all of a sudden yeah all of these girls were like very confident and they were all very you know willing to go up to guys and talk to them without you know any hesitation and stuff so I guess 
and that was like the California Lacosta Canyon girls, I guess, was like all of us East Coast boys were all just like, oh my gosh, like we got to meet some of these girls before the dance actually kicks off. So <laughs> it was so funny. I remember I like have a, just a distinct memory in my head of when our teammate Shanoa, who's been on this podcast, Shanoa, actually, that's we, I right. think oh my it. gosh, she literally <laughs> came up to you and Aubrey and I was like at dinner or something. And yeah. she went up to you guys and like talked to you guys or something. But then she, I remember she told you that none of us had ever kissed a guy. Yeah. So she like completely outed us, made us look like idiots and like <laughs> yeah, little yeah, tiny she children. Brought, yeah. Yeah. She brought you guys back down to earth for us. And I guess that's what us also skinny little runner boys needed at the time to have enough confidence to you know, <laughs> go up and ask for a dance. <laughs> yeah, but we were on one. We loved NXM because we were, I mean, we were a team of seven blonde girls. So it was fun to. Yeah, I'll never forget the iconic uh, pink, pink shirts. Yeah, that was, see, that's like so extra. You guys are OG. Like these girls don't know what's up nowadays. Like you guys are OG in this game. Like girls are still following that same blueprint, like that you guys set to this day, or at least I'm going to say you guys set. <laughs> what can i say okay Shanoa, but no that's so funny i forgot what her name was that is yeah. so golden <laughs> oh Shanoa, she outed us made us look not the best but okay the beef though i have with you is i have some receipts and you're gonna be mortified you're gonna think i'm creepy and weird so <laughs> i have receipts from 2011 i have all my pictures on my phone like my screenshots from like when i first got my first iphone Wow. And of course, like being, you know, a team of girls, like you send screenshots back and forth to each other. Yeah. And I have screenshots oh, from your Twitter from December 2nd, 2011. At 10, 13 a.m. you tweeted, hashtag team Saugus girls. So oh. you know what, Sam? <laughs> like, okay, first of all, right off the bat, like, wow, I'm offended. Saugus was literally our rivals, like the other California team that made it. But then not only like, that okay, you could have, so you could have, you could have said that you could have stopped at the team Saugus girls, but yeah. then on December 2nd, that same day hmm. at 7, 12 PM, <laughs> you tweeted Lacosta girls, hashtag not the look. Oh my God. So I needed like, what does that mean, Sam? Uh, there must've been a girl on Saugus that just caught my eye. I guess that's what prompted that. And I guess I was just doing some serious subtweeting at the time. Um, my girlfriend's going to hate this podcast. Um, <laughs> um, well, cause I had, there was another. Um... And then the Lacosta thing, it must've come up just after like the confrontation that you know, like I've never had a girl be so upfront with me ever. And like, I guess I was like, oh my gosh, this girl is crazy. Like, I'm not ready for this, even in the slightest bit, you know, like, you know, I was very like, I mean, I barely did anything in high school either, you know, so like, I'm, I'm, I was in the same boat. So yeah, I, guess I was like, probably just very intimidated by that. And was trying to get some brownie points with the Saugus girls. I don't even yeah. remember, like, I, I, I don't even remember Saugus was like a team now. Like, I, well, then you also like, tweeted, you tweeted later, but like December 4th, you tweeted. More, gosh. I have, I have one more. It's all from the same weekend. Gosh, I seem so worst. creepy. I don't know why I still have these on my phone, but it's just so funny now that I get to bring them up. You tweeted, damn, it sucks not being able to say bye to her. Hashtag regrets. So maybe you did have this was NXN weekend. This was NXN weekend. Wow. So you couldn't say goodbye to whoever you some Saugus girl probably. Jeez. 
Wow. I, I really wish I had like a really good background story for you where I like snuck out and had some romantic evening. Yeah, I know. I wanted to hear no, like the juicy I was, tea. I was, I was super, super lame. I probably definitely only went to Arcadia later that year just because of like a potential follow through or something there. But <laughs> I ended up just like being in a hot tub with Craig and Ingalls and Ro- Sam Robertson, who ended up being like my college teammates at the time later and also got really in trouble for that because we like, tried to steal like a red lobster California flag as if that was like some cool memorabilia. So (laughs) nothing has changed if you're wondering. Yeah. (laughs) We'll do the same stupid shit, but. Sounds like high school running. That's about the most exciting things that happened. (laughs) Yeah. Anyways, okay, that was my beef. We settled it, whatever. I'm yeah. just going to write it off as we were like really intimidating and cool. Yeah, I'll, and that tweet, was I'll tweet um, La Costa Canyon, the look, hashtag yeah. team, team Shinoa right after this. Team <laughs> 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 uh, Okay, well, that's all the beef I have for you. But so I want to get to know you a little better, get to know your background. How did you get into running? Did you like grow up in Delaware running there? Yeah, it was just like through my sister, really. Um like she was the runner in the family and I played soccer like most kids and I like watched her you know crush like she went to NXN four years you know with her high school with her high school team that I eventually went to that same high school and the girls team was like the dominant force there and like I just watched her crush and I was like oh I would I think that's really cool and I would love to do that too so I just basically tried to follow in her footsteps and then you know like as the sport does to a lot of people, it kind of just reels you in and keeps you there as long as possible. And here we are today. Yeah. When did you get good? Obviously qualifying to NXN, like you have to be pretty good. Well, so. I was like, I was like five foot nothing, like throughout a lot, like far too long in high school, especially for guys. Far too long. Um, because there's kind of this like threshold where it's like, if you're short in middle school, it's kind of like endearing, you know? Um, but then all of a sudden like, like high school hits and you're still five foot nothing. And then it really sucks. And that's what it was for me until basically like I had a huge growth spurt going into my junior year where I went from like five, you know, I couldn't be taller than five, four and then five, four to like five, 10. Like it was huge. Like it was a crazy Jeez. growth spurt. And then I ended up growing like three, three more inches after that, um, going into college. So that, that was a huge thing for me. Like once I settled back into my body and once my shin stopped hurting, um, (laughs) yeah, I was going to say, did you get injured at all during that time? I actually didn't get injured that bad. It just like, everything just like ached really bad. And I was like, what's happening to me? Um, just like puberty was like finally starting for me. Like, yeah, I grew eight inches in high school, so I get it. Yeah. Like, so that was like pretty shell shocking to all of a sudden do that but it also really helped with running so yeah not gonna complain about it too much yeah and yeah I just remember your high school always being really good so I guess you probably had good training I'm assuming yeah for sure like our coach like I wouldn't even say it was like great training or anything our coach was just like and he really is like so formative in my life um and it's really cool that I do get to go back this weekend and like run in his honor and um, be back at my high school track like a lot of a lot of times in this sport we like run just to like go to a race to qualify for this race and then once you get to this race then you get to go to this race and there's not a lot of purpose behind it yeah something that I definitely struggle with in this sport is because I typically really need something to drive me like a strong purpose to really run my best and um yeah I've a lot to run for this weekend um 
back at like the old stomping grounds and to get to be in front of so many people that were there for me in those formative years. But yeah. my high school coach was like a, he's like, like he would have like weekly meetings that were like worthy of being in like a sports documentary, like speech type thing. You know what I mean? Like he was just the ultimate motivator and he just made you like believe so much. Um, like I remember he would pull me, like this is literally something out of uh, a sports film, but it's like a real story. Like my <laughs> freshman year, like when I was just starting running, he pulled me into his office and he asked me like, how, like, how good do you want to be? Um, and every single year he would ask me the same question at the start of the year, like how good do you want to be? And uh, it wasn't until like my senior year, I like went into his office and I'm like, I'm ready. Like I'm ready this year. You know, like every year I'd walk in there being like, oh, I just want to, you know, be the top freshman on the team. You know what I mean? Like whatever, yeah. you know? And then my senior year, I was like, coach, I want to be great. Like I want to be the best. Like I want to be the best runner to ever come through here. You know, I want to be the best runner that you've ever coached. You know, like I just laid it all out, you know? <laughs> um, and, and he just said, he was like, I've been waiting for you to say that for three years you know, and, oh my like, gosh. And, that's, and that's like the type of person he was, uh, that he just instilled such confidence. And he was such a dreamer in heart, um, and made me a dreamer also. So I'm like a big time rah, rah guy. Like, yeah. Yeah. So did your training like change after that when you were like, I want to be the best or was it just kind of like, yeah. Um, um I remember like, one workout I always look back on that I'm like so fond of was my like sophomore year when I was still like this five foot nothing kid. There was this girl on the team, Juliet Bottorf, who ran for Duke and she went on to actually win NCAAs in the 10K. Like that it's just like one of these forgotten about races that people kind of forget, but she, she won NCAAs. And I remember doing a workout with her that was like 20 by 400. And it was just like around like a football field you know and I like remember just grit like grinding through it to stay with Juliet yeah but I, I like compared to what high school kids are doing nowadays like it's like laughable like my longest <laughs> runs were like 75 80 minutes like max in the summer uh, barely anything I remember actually the one thing we did start doing once I said that and he was like he I remember this is another little side story he like called me into his office and was like Sam like I think we should start doing doubles like I think we should start running in the morning before school starts so then you can do your, get more miles in. And we like met, like, I think it was twice a week and, you know, high school starts so early. Um, yeah. High school really is the hardest time of your life. Like college <laughs> was such a breeze, like, for, like pro running now is so just easy in terms of like the lifestyle. Yeah. Um, like high school is so hard, man. It's like, so hard on your body. Just like walking around all day, being in school yeah. for so long and then going to practice and then running oh, before. before. And the stress of like your future and yeah. like, oh, just teachers were so tough on me. Like I was never good at school and um, I struggled so much. Like, so I'm so grateful that I don't have to like take tests anymore or anything. Like I always was like, okay, um, at school, but I never was like getting A's ever. You know, it was like, if I got B's on tests, I'm freaking walking tall for the rest of the day, you know, <laughs> but um those doubles were, I guess, probably the biggest thing that changed. And that yeah. was also, it's not like we got that much better from running like three miles before <laughs> yeah. we started, like a few times a week. It's like, it was like six more miles a week, basically, you know, yeah. it was purely just a mental thing that like, Hey, we're working harder than anyone else. And <laughs> once again, our coaches instilled that confidence in us that we're working harder than anyone else because we're waking up for these morning runs like twice a week. And yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, I feel like mental is just a huge part of it to have that in uh, high school too. It's great to have a coach that like really instills that belief in you. Cause I feel like that's kind of rare. A lot of high school coaches don't really care because yeah. they're just there, you know, making their $5,000 yeah. a year extra on top of their, um, you know, teaching career or whatever. So that yeah. is cool that you had that available as well. Yeah. What was it like for you? Um, I really loved my high school coach. I mean, he was there all four years. I was there doing cross country and track. Um, we just had a really talented team, honestly. I think he was kind of like thrown a bunch of really like talented people. And I loved, you know, having people to run with all the time and having teammates. I feel like it really helped set up my future and like made me have a good head on my shoulders when I was going to something like, I mean, when I was going to Oregon and everyone was better than me, I was like, okay, I'm already kind of yeah. used to running with people or running with people that are better than me. But yeah, my coach, in, like, I wouldn't say the training was anything insane it was kind of the same thing I think people would laugh if they saw now compared to high schoolers these days yeah because <laughs> um, I think we're all in the same part of like that generation we didn't really have social media so no one really knew what each other were doing yeah totally yeah it's crazy how like any high school kid in the country can you know open any social media outlet you know form and find something that's probably going to help them you know what yeah. I mean like all the stuff you post all the time you know about like hey like this is a really good thing to eat before a run. It's like, you didn't have that. Like, yeah, you didn't exactly. Have, There's like, nothing. You didn't, like you didn't have Shalane Flanagan or like other girls that, I mean, you could maybe look up to them, you know, but you had no idea what they were doing. Yeah. That's like, and that's honestly a huge thing. Like what even like, even in college for us, even as late as like, you know, like in 20, you know, 15 and 14 for us, like um, in college is when like, the only really thing we had was like some flow track videos, like once. No, in a literally week. flow wow. track was flow track workout Wednesdays. Yeah. yeah it was our lifeblood to be yeah, like, oh, 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 what are they doing? Like, literally workout cool. Wednesdays were huge. And then now look at like running YouTube. Yeah. It's actually crazy how much has changed. Yeah, for sure. Do you think it's good that like high schoolers is that are like they're all really good these days? Or do you think it's I mean, I'd be scary. so I would be so hypocritical, like sit here and say no, like yeah. or say, say like, yes, it is bad, you know, because like I felt like, you know, like we were part of that huge wave all of a sudden where all these people started really, you know, showcasing what they're doing and showcasing the bad days and the good stuff and everything, you know? Yeah. Um. So like, I always like one of the formative things when like Reed, Drew and I were sitting down and like starting to, you know, like build the pillars that we wanted to like hold up to men elite um, and like what those values would be and whatnot. Like one of the things we talked, I remember so clearly talking about was like, man, like I wish we had someone like, yeah, I looked up to like Evan Yeager and Dathan Ritzenheim because they were like badass runners and like the way they race and stuff. But like, yeah. I never looked up to anyone past just because i thought they like were wearing a cool race uniform or something well yeah, yeah because all you saw was stats you don't know anyone's personality at all you don't yeah. know what they're like you don't know what their training's like so it's hard it's, to even that, not right pinpoint a favorite runner celebrity you know yeah. the modern day celebrity is not the johnny depp that shows up to the red carpet and wears like some prada and you're like ooh, you know it's like yeah. you know it's the emma, Ch emma chamberlain and emma abrahamson that are you know showcasing like who they actually are and like all the quirks you know like the more quirks that you're like able and willing to showcase like no matter what people might be saying you know <laughs> like that's like the more like people are going to be able to like connect with you and relate to you you know so that's like kind of that same wave we wanted to do where it's like man like how cool would it be if there could be you know high school you know or an everyday runner like no matter the age that can like 
look to us and be like, oh, like those guys are like me or, you know, or can be relatable because at the end of the day, like what are Pablo's hierarchy of needs that we all learned in AP psych, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, geez, I'm going back to psych like, class. It's, it's like, it's like uh, food, shelter, and the third one community, you mm-hmm. know, and like community is, you know, so, so important. And we thought that if we could build a community, you know, like you have, you know, through these outlets that make people feel like they're welcomed and make people feel like they're a part of it there's, there's something really special in that. So that's kind of been at the heart of like, I think all of that. And I think a lot of people in this sport have communities to feel like they're a part of, and it's going to allow them to continue to push themselves within the sport that they might, that, you know, a lot of runners in our generation might not have had. Yeah. I mean, it's such a hard sport. I feel like you need like-minded people around you or to, you just have like that online community showcasing the struggles like the highs and the lows and I mean Tim Manley has done a phenomenal job of all of that but I, I want to get into that later I have so many questions we talk a lot about entrepreneurship and brand creation in this episode and let me tell you right now today's episode is brought to you by my brand crazed foods a new product is here as you know I am a coffee lover what a surprise with a special place for cold brew coffee Hence the name of this podcast, Combos Over Cold Brew. The tricky part is that cold brew coffee is quite a bit of work and basically it requires an entire night of planning and that's a lot to ask, especially when you're like me and you are not feeling it and you don't plan in advance for your coffee consumption. So instead of reaching for a quick option like a K-cup or something, I now have an alternative that doesn't taste like all the other gross instant coffees out there. And this means I also don't have to go walk anywhere to go get my coffee. It's already in the fridge, ready to go because Crazed Foods Coffee Concentrate is a quick cold brew solution that I am really digging right now. And I'm not biased, I promise. It is so delicious and it's so convenient. Not to mention it has nearly double the servings of most of the competitors of Coffee Concentrate on the market. It has 96 servings in one bottle. All you have to do is use like a teaspoon and I put it into almond milk. It tastes so good. You use it like you would any other coffee. You can add milk, sugar, ice, whatever you feel like. And then you have coffee level creations at the palm of your hand. So that's good for me because I always like to have cold brew on hand. Right now, Crazed Foods Liquid Coffee Concentrate. You can use it hot or cold. It's available on amazon.com. Just search Crazed Foods and you'll find it. It's also linked in the show notes. Highly recommend you go check it out. It's our newest product. I'm so excited about it. Thought it would fit in well with this podcast too, since we're talking about entrepreneurship in the running world. So I hope you guys go try out Craze Foods Liquid Coffee Concentrate on amazon.com. Now let's get back into today's episode. I kind of want to talk about like college for you because you had a really good college career too at NC State. Why did you decide to go to NC State? <laughs> um, I just, you know, to answer it quickly, it was more just like, um, I just connected with the team the most and that's what I prioritize the most. I remember I got some advice from a mentor and this is advice I give to literally any high school kid that's ever reached out to me and asked me about like colleges and college decisions and stuff is like, Hey, look at the end of the day, the campus doesn't really matter no matter how shitty or beautiful it is. Like your teachers are going to be what they are, you know, like, of course you want to go to like a good school, you know, for your resume down the road and whatnot, you know, but like the one thing that matters the most is who are your teammates on that team? Like who are the people that are in your class with you? Who are the people you are going to recruit after you? And who are the upperclassmen when you come in? Because those are truly the people that are going to make your experience what it is. And, uh, and that is something that I just so took to heart 
And when I was deciding between basically Syracuse and NC State, and funny enough, I like committed to Syracuse, like on my visit to Coach Fox. And I would have really, I would have been national champs with Justin and all that. <laughs> and who knows, I might have fucked it up if I went there and started <laughs> the party culture or whatever. But yeah, um, it's like one of those things that uh, when I went to NC State, I was like, these are the guys I want to like kick it with for the next like three or four years. And so then you had to decommit just- from Syracuse. I had to call coach Fox and basically be like, Hey, like, I'm really sorry, but I really think my heart is here, you know? And I, I saw a tweet recently from like a college coach saying, um, like, I really appreciate when kids call me and say no. And I'm like, what? Like, is that not a thing anymore where high school kids just don't tell coaches they're not coming to their school if they like went on a visit there? Like, I, yeah, that's that weird. Was, I feel like, like you have to say no to practice. Yeah, you would have to say no to all of them or what? You're just going to leave them hanging? Oh, I was terrified of that phone call. Oh, they were horrible. Oh my gosh. And, but you know, that's one of those things. It was such a formative thing for me to like put on my big boy pants and freaking pick up the phone and like be like, hey, I'm talking to an adult, to another adult, you know, being like- It's like like the first taste of business conversations. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was a big decision. And Coach Fox is a man. He was like, Sam happens all the time, man. I totally understand, you know? And still to this day, whenever I see Fox, great conversation, love seeing him still one day would love to be coached by him. Like, I don't know if it's ever in the cards, you know, but like he would joke basically throughout my, my whole time at NC state, like, Hey, like, how about that fifth year? You know, oh, yeah. like that, you know, but <laughs> yeah, but I loved my time at NC state. I definitely didn't prioritize running as much as I probably should have. You know, I definitely was, um, I went out every weekend, you know, like, or any weekend that I, I could, you know, I had way too many friends that were in fraternities <laughs> and sororities at other schools and that I could go visit and go to their formals and stuff. So like, I definitely was a more unconventional NCAA D1 runner. <laughs> yeah. That, um, and there's definitely those years. And I remember there was this one pivotal moment. I love telling this story to kids who also so desperately want to party and have that same experience as me is that I went to this formal once uh, at Myrtle Beach. It was just this shitty thing. But for some reason, I thought it was like the holy grail of fun, you know, (laughs) that I was looking for at the time. And I was at like, it was just kind of this, the next morning we were getting brunch and we were all hung over. And I like look over at one of my best friends and I'm like, man, you guys live the life, you know, get to do this like once a month, you know, and like, and I have to just like train and wake up every morning and train and stuff. And my friend, literally grabbed my shoulder and like pulled me away from everyone at brunch and like walked me outside and he was like Sam like don't you ever ever say that to me again like everything here that you're experiencing is hollow like the friendships here like everything is hollow you know like these memories I'm not gonna be able to tell my kids anything about anything I do here it's just to fill you know this like void and it was like super deep and emotional you know for him to say all this stuff and he's like Sam like what you're doing in running and what you're going to continue doing running is going to be something you're going to be able to tell your kids about, you know, you're going to be able to tell your kids that you gave everything in college and you were an All-American and you did all this and that. And this is when I wasn't an All-American at the time or anything. And like, I'm getting, I'm, I'm literally getting goosebumps, like thinking yeah. about it again, because it was such an impactful thing for me. And after that weekend, I stopped, it was like my junior year and I stopped drinking. I stopped partying. I still had fun when I could just like any NCAA program, you know, like after the season and whatnot, like Christmas parties and all that. Yeah. Um, but it totally changed my outlook and being like, man, I have two more years left at this. Like I need to go all in or I'm always going to look back and be like, wow, is that one, one night where I just decided to drink seven beers and go out to the bar is really worth it, you know? Yeah. Um, or was 
going to bed, doing the long run and then getting a PR that, you know, might've been my last PR. You never know, you know, yeah. like been more worth it. And yeah. Yeah. That's I, a great I story. Loved, I loved, I loved my time in NC state. Like I cherish, I cherish it for sure. Yeah. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Like it's so easy from a student athlete perspective, like me, I mean, going to Oregon, I was not going out. That was not really allowed on the team. Yeah. <laughs> so I would go, I mean, it was the same. It was like, you would have your little parties every year, but it's so easy from a perspective like that to be like, oh my gosh, everyone else is having so much fun. And I'm having this really intense right. business-like college career or whatever. But at the end of the day, like drinking a ton, it's fun in the moment, but it really is not fulfilling. It, what does that fulfill really in yeah. a lot of people's lives? So like your friend said, I mean, it is, I don't know. I can't, you can't speak for everyone, but a lot of the time it is hollow, you know, it's so much more fulfilling to push yourself to the limit and like give it all you got and, you know, show your potential over those four years. But I mean, have your fun too, again, but I don't know. I like yeah, to go out just, in you celebration. You find your balance, you know, it's just yeah. all the balance you need to find is like, Hey, look, if you need to go out there and like fill that void and get to like experience those parties, like go do it, you know, but like, it's you know it's never something you want to make become you know who you are because I'm sure that's not the best version of yourself at that yeah yeah you know? yeah it always felt good like being able to go to a party or something in college after like the season was over after you did something really great like NCAA right. or something it always like it was fun celebrating so yeah I love that story though that's that's really cool so congratulations on your success in college after that so <laughs> obviously it paid off yeah <laughs> did you know you wanted to go pro like pretty soon, I no, guess, after that, or no, what was not the at vibe? All. No, not at all. Like I totally thought like college done, like hard, hard stop. Um, that was just always my mindset. And after I graduated college, I, you know, went to spend time with family in Germany that I hadn't spent anywhere nearly enough time with, um, you know, because of just being in the American school system, you know, from high school to college. And I like got to go back and I spent time, you know, with all my uncles and cousins and grandparents and everyone and ended up like traveling to like 18 countries that summer, like four months. And I didn't run at all during that time. Um, and there's a lot of like really small stories I could tell and big ones that were very formative in that time where all of a sudden I was like, holy crap, I need to go do this. Um, <laughs> it's going to sound very like bad now like retelling this story because I just said I like quit doing all the stupid party stuff after that but like it definitely I have some like very I had some like really dark moments uh like traveling because I was traveling by myself and I was basically just staying in hostels and like in my tent um most of the time and I would just basically retreat back to like my family in Germany when I would get like too tired or just be like wiped out you know after like two or three weeks um there was one time where I I, I was in Barcelona and I just like was abusing my body in all sorts of ways, um, like with substance abuse. Um, and I thought I was out with a bunch of friends that were like looking like going to have my back, you know, like when I was in this intoxicated state. Um, and they basically just left me on the streets um, oh. like one night where like um, and they I like I got left in like Las Ramblas, which are like the basically where like people get like mugged and like, um, yeah, just really bad things happen, you know? Um, and I remember like waking up the next morning for that, like literally on the street and being like, what the fuck am I doing with myself? You know, yeah. like, is this, am I actually having fun or is this just the script that I'm just putting on myself to 
feel fulfilled, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I got a train back home to Germany and I like literally just like stayed in my bed for like days and didn't leave until like I literally got up and I like decided to like, go for a run and I went for a run and I remember finishing that run it was in like the middle of the night um, for whatever reason um, just because I'd been on in bed for days I didn't like have any sense of like night or daytime. not yeah. to sound overly dramatic but that's what it was like at the time um, and I went out in the middle of the night for this run and I remember just starting to like run faster and faster and faster and all of a sudden I was just smiling ear to ear like I was like elated happy and I remember just being like wow there's like something here you know that's like more happiness that I felt like that any night or you know like drug could have ever given me Mm -hmm. um and that was really special and I still think about that and I bumped into Drew in Belgium and he told me he was moving out to Boulder and I was like, that sounds sick. You think I could do come do that with you after like not running for three months? Like <laughs> almost like jokingly saying that, to be honest. And he was like, yeah, dude. And I'm pretty sure he was joking too. But then when I did end up getting back to the US for a friend's wedding, I like text him again. He's like, yeah, dude, like, sure. Like come out to Boulder. Like we'll catch some runs, you know? And that was the extent of it. How did you meet Drew? Did you just know him through the running world? Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a whole nother story. But basically I was... All these stories are just making me sound really bad, uh, <laughs> uh, but um, I guess I'm doing it to myself. But I was interning at Adidas in Portland one summer, and I convinced my bosses in the tennis department who I was working for at the time that I need to go to the Olympic trials, and I was going to like test my. Te- this is so confusing. My the my. Basically, I was gonna. I t- I convinced my boss to let me go to the Olympic trials for a very stupid reason that I was gonna do like wear testing for slides. Um, wear like testing slide. for slides. And I was gonna get like the Adidas athletes to wear them. I didn't get a single one. I came back totally empty-handed and ended up just going to Taylor's every night with Moran. Um, <laughs> but uh, this one day, I was very hungover on the couch, and all of a sudden, this kid comes walking in. And I'm like, yo, like, I know, like, I had raised Drew a few, Drew had beaten me as a senior in college a few times that year. Um, <laughs> and he, and I was like, yo, is that Drew Hunter? Like, what the, what is Drew Hunter doing at Athlete Hospitality, you know? And they're like, yo, he's about to, like, sign with Adidas, you know? I'm like, what? He's in high school, you know? Um, he's like, yeah, like, they're, you know, they're signing him and they're signing Noah Lyles and Josephus Lyles and it's this whole big thing. And basically, the story I like to tell um which didn't quite go this way exactly um but I like to tell that he was overwhelmed by all the Adidas people trying to get him to sign he had already signed at this point but this is a story I like to tell um he was overwhelmed with the decision and he needed to go for a run and I was like oh I still need to run today too and we went on a run together and I basically convinced him that Adidas was the home for him during this run um no (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but we basically just ran on pre-trail together and we just like just became instant, you know, friends and had a connection and were, you know, Snapchat buddies for the next year, you know, yeah. and lived vicariously through my Snapchat stories and whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> um, like his call, getting his college experience through me, which we joke about, but um, yeah, we were just friends. And then uh, when he was in Belgium that summer racing, that was kind of like a few hours away from my uncle's house in Germany, where I was staying at the time, like helping him, like, paint houses and stuff um in his in our neighbor in this little german neighborhood and i was like yo like there's races this weekend and 
you know, uh, where was it? Um, whatever, outside of Leuven, um, Houston, Houston is where it was. Um, and I just went to go see him and that's when he started talking about how he's going to move to Boulder and stuff. And that's how it kind of all came to, came about. Yeah. So then you moved to Boulder. You didn't have a contract at the time. You just were like, no, right, let's no, certainly not. <laughs> yeah, I guess after your hiatus, you're not going to be. No. Yeah. Signing I, contracts. No, I actually remember I like sent this really, I should go back and like post this because it'd be pretty funny to like look back at now, but I sent this email because I had intern at Adidas and like, mm. I was, I'm very good at networking. Um, and that was one thing that I did all summer was like, I networked my ass off. Like I met as many people as I could and got coffee with them and ran with them and hung out and got drinks after work with them. Like any way I could to build relationships with these people that make Adidas shoes, they're designers, they're sports marketing people. They're just all right there, you know? And I met dozens of people that are still great friends and contacts and everything to this day. But I basically sent them this long email basically saying like, Hey, like I'm moving to Boulder. I'm going to train with Drew Hunter. I promise I'm going to go all in, you know, I'm going to put all that debauchery lifestyle behind me and I'm going to go all in, you know, and I promise I'm going to make it, you know, I like, I'm just give me a chance, you know, I would love to run in your shoes, obviously, like with my NC State being an Adidas school and my familiarity with that and my connections there. And I thought I would just run for like maybe a year all in and then I would just go and work at Adidas right after. So that's basically was my pitch to them. And like everyone was like, go, Sam, you got it, you know, (laughs) but it wasn't like, hey, we got you. Here's 50K. You got it. You know, (laughs) like it was like a you got this, bro. And Alex Lore who um, used to be one of the big faces of flow track mm-hmm. when it was at its best, um, <laughs> who, who then left flow track for Adidas um, was like, sent me like a big box, you know, like sent me like a box of like stuff, you know, to like run in. Um, so I had like at least the gear. So at least I looked the part and yeah, it wasn't until I think like two years later, um, like 2019, I like signed a contract and that contract is up this year. So we'll see. <laughs> For renewal, like, can you be renewed? I'm on my, uh, I'm oh, on, on the my... extended year or whatever it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't even realize it was crazy. Like when I got the extended year, I was like, oh, like I thought that was like my option and it was their <laughs> option. Like I like, like I was so stupid signing. I mean, not that it's, I'm upset about it, you know, like it's great that I'm still supported for at least one more year, but I mean, I certainly will see what happens, you know, like, I hope they see enough value in me to continue, but yeah, got to run fast too. You know, it's not just about how many shoes I can sell, but yeah. Yeah. So then you and Drew and Reed were just decided to, I guess, start the Tin Man group then. Well, it basically was like, Reed was like, Reed was also kind of friends with Drew through the same kind of thing as me. Like, um, want to move to boulder and run it sounds sick you know like reed and i were both like second tier and runners you know like nowhere near good enough to run professionally you know yeah. but good enough to want to keep running you know um even if we didn't have any support um and that was the reality it was we basically just were all out in boulder and we all had just an instant connection and love for one another and we spent all these nights together where we basically where I was sleeping on Drew's floor of his apartment and being like, 
what are we doing here? You know what I mean? Like we constantly yeah. would ask ourselves like these questions, like, why are we doing this? Like, what do we want to do during our time here? And I think that's kind of what was so special about what we had was like, we were asking tough questions, you know, like we weren't just being like, let's make the Olympic trials. You know what I mean? Or like just these very like tangible things that are just like laid out for you, you know, yeah. we were like, well, what's like our purpose here? You know, where do we fit into this space? You know? And like, we knew we were never going to be the Bowerman track club. You know what I mean? We knew we weren't the guys like drew sure. But like, especially Reed and I like are not the guys that are going to be like putting medals around our necks, you know what I mean? Or like chasing world records or anything, you know, let alone running professionally. But we did feel like there was a space for us um, to make an impact in the sport. And that's like where we basically all realized we wanted to do more for the sport than just run fast. And we all kind of had that common goal and mission. And that's where Tim Man Elite slowly started being built off of, you know, was like, hey, let's like create this team based off of like three pillars that are going to hold us up. And that's performance, um, community, uh, and media. And we felt like if we do those three things really, really good, um, we'll be able to make a difference in our time in this sport. And yeah, and then we just started pouring our hearts out into, and it was kind of this perfect storm where I had this huge marketing background with my time working at Adidas. Um, Reed had, was an English and PR major who had a background in like web design and Drew having kind of the stardom that he had at the time, like to build it all together. You know, yeah. it was almost like this thing where it was like, oh, we have to do this, you know? And I just started working on a logo once we figured out our mission to, you know, to push the sport of running forward, you know? Um, once we basically figured out all those key values and everything. And I think that's the thing is I constantly tell people that reach out to me to ask for like help to how to like build something, you know, it's like, you got to go through the boring stuff. You got to ask yourself like who, what, why, where, when, you know, like you got to do those marketing stuff that like people don't want to do. It's like, yeah, the stuff that you learn in college from the textbook. Yeah. It's like, yeah, for sure. It's like, like you got to ask yourself, why are you doing this? You know, like a thousand different ways in order to really build it out from there. And we sat down and we built it out from there. And that's still the ground that we, you know, stand and pride ourselves on is that like, those are the things we're always going to prioritize. Yeah. I mean, it's been really cool to see you guys have really done something that no one else has really been able to do. I mean, I, I just really admire it because I feel like the running world is so stuck in their ways. And especially if you're trying to run professionally like that, take so much of a toll on your body every day. So to try to kind of blow past what everyone else is doing in the running world and try to do your own thing and like build a brand from the ground up is so difficult in this like little running world. So to see all the success that you've had from it has been so cool to watch. Quick little intermission here to talk about one of my favorite long-term podcast sponsors because I love them so much, Gooder. Gooder makes $25 active sunglasses for anyone. They are lightweight, comfortable, and they don't move when you run, and they're all for only 25 bucks. They're no slip, no bounce, all polarized, and all fun. Some may say that they're the best sunglasses ever invented, and I would definitely agree with that because I wear them every single time I go outside for a workout. And they have the best names of the sunglasses. <laughs> Something like, the future is void, and influencers pay double. There's definitely a pair that speaks to you. 
I'm headed to Austin, Texas this week, and you know I'm gonna have multiple pairs of Gooder sunglasses coming with me because Austin, it's literally gonna be 90 degrees and sunny the entire time, and I know I'm gonna need a good pair of polarized sunglasses, and what else could I bring that would be better than a $25 pair of polarized glitter active sunglasses. You guys should totally try them out and treat yourself to a pair or two because you definitely deserve it. And it's basically summertime. I mean, it's spring, but it's almost summer. So this is the perfect time to go try them out. And right now you can go to gooder.com. That's G-O-O-D-R.com and get 15% off your entire order when you use code coldbrew at checkout. All orders over $50 get free shipping in the US. That's 15% off with code coldbrew at www.goodr.com. Look good, run gooder. Now let's get back into today's episode with Sam. How have you dealt with like criticism that you receive? Yeah, I mean like basically everyone like either left us out for dead or like decided to like throw mud in our face and we were like at our worst, you know, like going through like the whole controversy like with our coach last year. Um and it was definitely like a bubble bursting moment. Like I'm not going to try to sugarcoat it anymore. You know, like it's, it's the type of thing where it's like, it really fucking hurt, you know, like it really brought us down to our knees at times, you know, like, I'm not saying, you know, one individual person did that, but it was just like the collective of it all where it was like, Oh, like we're failing, you know? And it wasn't even that, like it all bubbled down to like how we were running, you know, when your cortisol levels and your stress and your anxiety going into a race is already so high, you know, and being like, I need to get this done today. And you only have this little bit in your tank, your energy to give that day, you're going to run like shit, yeah. you know? And like, it didn't matter how hard we worked. didn't matter how many tempo runs or like, you know, every race we were going to run bad, you know? And that was like the reality of where we were in. And I think that a lot of people um, in this running world, especially I'd say, and I guess you could probably say it within any place, like people live in their bubbles, you know what I mean? They live in their bubbles where it's like, you only talk to your friends, you know, you only communicate with people on social media that praise you and uh, that bubble gets really big. And I'm sure you've learned it too. Like the bigger your following gets, like the bigger that bubble gets and the bigger that bubble gets, the analogy goes like, it's probably going to pop at some point, you yeah. know what I mean? And like, you're probably going to have to look outside that bubble when that bubble pops. And that's what it did for us. And like, honestly, like it's pretty freaking good now because like I sure grew up a lot from it. And I know all the guys did too, like learn how to deal with criticism. Like that comes with the territory of being a professional athlete, like period. Yeah. Um, like not everyone is going to love you no matter who, who you are or what you try to do or what messages you tried out. Like I could spend the rest of my life going out and spreading love and positivity within this sport which i plan to do always and never belittle or bring someone down for a reason that would be irrational or even if i do believe it i would never do it publicly you know yeah um like i, I will always lead with love because i never want to be remembered in this sport for being someone that did anything but that you know but i could preach this all day long but if someone comes to my profile and like wow sam parsons is a d-bag you know it's like and never talks to me or anything it's like there's nothing i can do about that you know yeah. unless they really approach me head on and ask for a conversation or something and i decide to give them the time of day like then sure you know but uh i guess comes with the territory is like kind of the phrase i'm going to just use with this it's like 
you can't expect to have the immediate success and, you know, everything that we were able to accomplish in that short time we did, like without getting punched in the face, you know, like down the road, you know, yeah. and like, that's, that's what happened and we're better for it now. And it's something where like, Tim Man Elite could have easily been something that just would have like came and went, you know, and I get, you know, tagged in a new track clubs, you know, thing pop up every week, you know, and like they come and they go, unfortunately, you know, um, a lot of times because I don't think they took the time to really think about why are they doing this and what are the things that we're always going to be able to come back to when it's going bad, you know, and like that's what we were able to do is like just go back to those three things, you know, and be like, hey, look, like if we focus on the art community that we that are still riding with us and we continue to put out content that is like true to us, whether people outside of us think it's inauthentic or not, it is authentic to us and that's what matters. Um, and yeah, and performance then like having, you know, Coach Hunter come on and give a shit about us as people um, made all the difference in the world. And that's what we're seeing now. So yeah, you got to get broke. You got to get put down to your knees to be able to stand back up sometimes. So, yeah. Yeah. How do you balance it all as like a, I mean, all of you are professional athletes, like running at the professional level. How do you balance that and trying to like run an entire business? We, we, we work really hard. Like, yeah. like that, that's another thing that I think that like people don't really see on outside. And like, it's something that I think Max has talked about all the time, like trying to showcase it, but he never knows how to on YouTube. But like, we have, like, I have, meetings every single week going over media rollouts media strategy going over hey what are other people doing good you know what are we doing really bad you know we're constantly reflecting you know like i mean i can bring you around this room right now and we have whiteboards filled with my yeah random, you know stuff like being like oh we need to do this or we need to do that you know so yeah we built out a whole team of people that like um that want to do this stuff like we have never asked anyone on the team to like do anything they don't want to do. So it's, it's, it's a lot of work, you know, and it's just type of thing where it's like the minute it stops becoming fulfilling or the minute people don't want it anymore, I'll stop so quickly, you know, or I feel yeah. like what I'm doing is no longer worthwhile for running or for myself or whatever, you know, like then I'll be able to walk away with a smile on my face regardless, but it's a lot of work. You know, we really, think about this stuff you know we really think about how we can make the biggest impact um in the time we have here and uh yeah every monday probably for three hours we just sit down here and talk about everything that we need to get done for this for the week yeah and then we all go out and do it yeah that truly is it's a business it's wild yeah. just to see like how much you guys are doing behind the scenes that like you said probably can't even be showcased by a vlog or anything yeah yeah what's the best part of like your career would you say oh geez um definitely i mean i'll always just go back to like those little messages you get you know once every blue moon you know like someone being like hey man like i put on the shoes you designed and i felt like i was flying today you know what i mean like um you know there's a ton of little ones that i always can go back to and i hold close to my heart and it's like those, those little things will always mean the most to me, you know, and I'm sure you're the same way. Like whenever you get a message from someone saying like, Hey, like I accept myself bet more, you know, and yeah. I, I'm going to confront like my struggles, you know, like head on now, or I'm going to like, accept that I do have a problem, you know, like head on, like that's the stuff that's the most fulfilling. And 
I, I do always go back to say like, man, like I really hope when I retire, like nobody says like, Oh, Sam Parsons, he ran 13, 10 and sub four minute mile. Like, I don't, I really hope they say like Sam Parsons, like he made a difference in his time and he, you know, was a great ambassador for this sport and, you know, like he made a difference, you know, for us, you know, or whatever, you know, like I really hope it's intangible stuff that people, you know, remember me and the stuff that I'll always be most proud of is those little intangible things, you know, because I certainly wish I had pro runners that I could look up to and like watch their YouTube channels, like kids can do today and be like, okay, if I act like this and do this and do that, you know what I mean? Like I can, you know, get further than maybe I ever thought I could. So yeah, it's always, it's always a little stuff, you know? Yeah. What about you? I mean, yeah, I mean, it's definitely the same thing, like being able to meet people in person that, you know, have followed my stuff for a while or yeah, Mm -hmm. getting those DMs, like people just saying how much I've helped them in different ways. It's just crazy because I mean, I, I'm, I'm self-employed. I don't really see people on a day-to-day basis that often. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of hard to put it together, but especially when I meet someone in person and they tell me that yeah. it like means the world because I'm like, people actually watch my stuff. It's kind of crazy, but it's yeah. just, it's so different than like my day-to-day life. So I'm kind of the yeah, same I, way. I think it's definitely starting to happen more because of these like really tragic deaths that happen, you know, mm-hmm. like, um, people like Mac Miller, you know what I mean? Like, man, like there's sure there's thousands of people that wish they would have tweeted out like, yo, this album's amazing. Like this got me through this, you know, or, or whatever, you know yeah. what I mean? And it's like, that's the type of stuff where it's like, people are realizing like, man, like you got to, you know, like give people their flowers when they still can, you know, smell them. Um, And that's something that I think like people more and more, especially in like Gen Z, I think like, gen z gets a lot of like crap you know um because they they can be ruthless um (laughs) (laughs) by nature but at the same time like i do think they're some of the most like aware um individuals like of themselves and of others like because they are you know consuming a ton of you know stuff that we didn't have yeah Um, and i think there is a lot of you know reflection going through yeah yeah, sure. on a different level, because it's like social media, you see, especially with TikTok, I feel like too, and YouTube, you mm-hmm. just see more people's lives. It's not like Johnny Depp or whatever on the yeah. on the stage. It's a lot more connection with an individual because you can actually see the struggles that everyone's going through and like the ups and the downs. So yeah. shout out Gen Z. <laughs> <laughs> Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.
<laughs> well, what's like, what's on your personal goal list, I guess, with the Tin Man brand and running and life for you? Oh man. Um, it's so crazy. If you would have asked me this question like two years ago versus like now, you know, like, yeah. oh man, this is tough. Um, I guess <laughs> like, I guess, um, I always had this like, like mindset and this is like super ambitious of being like Tin Man and the Hammer Knacks are going to be like what Jordan brand is for Nike. You know, like you don't put on a basketball shoe unless it has Air Jordan on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I just always had this image of like, I'm going to build Tin Man to be like, you don't wear Adidas running unless you have a Hammer Knacks on it or you have like, you know, our, our, you know, axe and banner on it, you know, I realize that's not a reality. Um, in the nature of like our relationship with Adidas and like all that, like, look, like we have shoes coming out and that's happening, you know? So I could say like that dream is fulfilled, you know, I could say that. Um, but at the same time, like, I do think like the future of Tim and Elite and my goals within that definitely lie within, like, it's just, like can it can it last you know decades after i'm long gone you know like can there be a new creative director that has the same fire and passion as i have to make sure that there is consistent content and that there's consistent product for people to you know wear with pride and be empowered by you know like is there is that can that live on you know and our team contract with adidas is up in 2024 and it is the type of thing where it's like we could run lights out, we could do all those things, you know, and like, who knows, if Adidas still doesn't, you know, like have enough, you know, financial support, you know, at the time, or they're, you know, if they think they need to move in a different direction, that that could be a reality too. But like, I want to do so my immediate goal right now is to continue to build out the Tim Elite umbrella. And like, I want to hire like a full time community manager, like so badly. Um, and like, we just need the funding to support them properly and like I'm working very hard to get new sponsors and investors in order to like be able to have like a job description put out to be like hey like in Boulder Colorado I want someone that is going to run weekly runs you know like do what the new gen guys are doing so well right now it's like we don't go to a race unless we can you know run with the community when we're there, you know, and it's so hard for us to do that because we don't have anyone that is focusing on that. Because when I go to races, I need to race, yeah. you know, when, when Max comes to races, he needs to focus on videography, you know, and capturing that, you know, um, and coaches need to focus on coaching, you know, so we need to hire someone on the outside to do that summer camps, community runs. Like I want someone that is just fired up to do all of that. And I think if we can do all of that in turn, that will also, you know, help our potential in order to secure sponsorships, you know, for decades that are, see the value that we're bringing to the running community as a whole. Um, and that's a worthwhile endeavor to invest in it. So I definitely would say this, the short and long-term goals are like securing funding in order to make sure that this is something that continue to make an impact in the sport far past me. Yeah. That was the, you literally just answered my next question. I was like, if you had, if you could have more support for the team, where would you need it the most? But that you literally just yeah. answered that. <laughs> yeah. So like, where does the big funding come in? Do, do these companies just give you like huge sums of money or like through yeah. a certain amount of years? Um, yeah. So basically it comes through 
three different channels for us right now. Um, it comes through product sales that we basically get, you know, product directly through Adidas factories and Adidas supports us through that and like allows us to have like really great margins in order to like make capital. And that goes, you know, directly back to guys travel, physio, you know, like um, signing, you know, more women onto our team, you know, it's like, it goes to all that stuff, you know? Um, and then it also goes to, and then the big sponsorship stuff is like Adidas and whoop, like the big six figure things that like really move the needle for us um, in order to, you know, pay our coaches and, you know, like make sure athletes are taken care of with that sort of stuff. And like, of course we like need, need and want more, but everyone, you know, everyone is devalued for what their true value is. I truly believe, you know, yeah. like um, everyone is underpaid, you know, and like the more, the faster people come to grips with that, um like the better their lifestyle will be like there is no one like there's so little people out there that are actually getting paid what they like truly deserve but I, i'm getting off topic um <laughs> yeah like and then and then there can be donor support too which like we don't really have any of the donor support at one like when we were first starting out like before adidas came on like we did have a few donors that were like just basically just paying our rent you know what i mean and just helping us like just with basic living costs you know yeah that were like just guys that just came out of nowhere. Like one of the guys, um, I'm going to remain anonymous, but literally just reached out to me and was like, Hey, like you talked to my grandson after a race and it meant the world to him. Like if they're like, I really want, I like do this for these college programs. And if I can support you in any way, like I would love to set something up. And I just basically said, I'm like, well, I basically have one more year left in this sport that I can afford to continue running. Um, and these are my expenses and he helped, you know? Yeah. Um, so uh, there's those type of situations also, but it really is the type of thing where it's like, um, and I have thought about going down the route of like selling like shares of Tim Manley, you know, like basically like all the founders have like a breakdown of shares within the company. Um, and that's the type of thing where it's like, yeah, should I like give up 10% of Tim Manley in order to have funding, you know, so we can, hire that community manager and do that stuff you know like if there were investors out there like that i were readily available and i thought their intentions and heart was in the right place like i would definitely like hear those things also so i guess those are the channels but yeah. definitely the big ones of course where it's like consistent revenue comes from you know the the watch sponsors like the shoe sponsors the nutrition sponsors um kind of those like core things but I really am working to like branch outside of like the realm of that which is very hard to do to break into a new industry but like getting you know a beer sponsor like Molly Seidel like getting tech sponsors that you know like Ineos you know like those type of things that really make huge differences for teams so yeah and stuff that's outside the running world <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> It's just so cool to see that you guys like started this and you can fund basically people's dream of becoming a professional runner, like by yourself and your own brand. Like that is so awesome. I feel like people just don't really know how much effort has gone into it. I mean, a lot of people probably do, but just know I, I watch and I am very impressed. So good job. The The stress I'll tell you, like in 2019, when we were like negotiating our team deal that we still are on today. Um, and I remember like being in meetings with Connor who, you know, runs most of the business with me. Um, he's like our CEO, COO. 
um and just being like connor like if we don't sign this team deal like we cannot support joey we cannot support you know and like brian like we cannot support these people and like we need to do this you know what i mean like even though maybe we thought we deserved more you know what i mean or whatever at the time or we you know wanted this or that it was the type of thing where it's like we need to do this in order to give them a chance to like actually pursue this you know so yeah uh, that that is stuff i'll like forever be you know proud that like we were able to like do those things because that was certainly like goal number one when we first started was like how can we support like people that like deserve a chance in this sport that probably aren't going to get it anyway yeah i guess okay this is my last question around this because i don't want to take up too much of your time but how do you i guess kind of work with the people that are part of tin man because everyone it's like business and friendship oh yeah (laughs) yeah yeah i mean like like, how does that like how does that work yeah it's brutal it's it's brutal like we talk about all the time because like usually people say all the time like don't go into business with your friends yeah exactly we're going to rule number one we're going into business with our friends and teammates so it's not Friends, like teammates and like it's your lifestyle like it's your life's dream everyone's, like, everyone's life's dream it's not even just like friends where it's like oh you just move out or like you stop getting beers with them or whatever like this is like no you still show up to practice like even if someone effed up the website and there's 50 shirts all of a sudden that are sitting here instead of sold because of their mistake their mistake and you're like dude what the you know what i mean like you know you're like pissed off it's like you still have to go run with them that day. Yeah. Like it's tough. It's, it's really hard. You know, like Max is one of my best friends, you know, like probably will be standing next to me on my wedding day. And like, we have had belligerent yelling matches at one (laughs) another before, you know, where like later that day, like we are seeing each other in the kitchen because we live together, you know? Yeah. (laughs) It's, it's, it gets really tough and it really is a type of thing where it's like Connor winter really is just like such this like glue for all of us where like anyone can go to connor to like sound off you know and like connor will just fix it if it has to be fixed you know or like talk to people and make everyone feel valued because at the end of the day like that is the thing that derails you know businesses is when all of a sudden like um people don't feel valued you know um and like he is such an amazing person at doing that um so i would like constantly go back to connor to being like that's how we do manage it in reality and at the same time it is just like a mutual respect that it's like look we're not raking in tons of money here you know what i mean like we're making money in order to continue to do it you know like that was our business structure you know like there was a one point where we thought we were going to be you know making hundreds of millions of dollars and with the trajectory and everything you know but it's like it's running you know what I mean it's yeah not it's running and then it, you know what I mean yeah and then it's like the more money that you make the more you have to invest into your business too so right. it all just like if you want to grow it you have to put in the money so the hundreds of millions of dollars are being put back <laughs> into the company and right. it's running so who's making hundreds of millions of dollars no one yeah so. for sure <laughs> um okay well we have a couple of listener questions that we can get through quickly you answered actually a decent amount of them already but um, we got some fun ones here. Someone asked, who in Tin Man snores the loudest? This person has a feeling it's Joey. Actually, not Joey. Um, Max, when he drinks, if we're counting Max on Tin Man, um, <laughs> is really bad. Um, Jeff used to be really bad. Um, yeah. There we go. 
Um, let's see. Tell us the story about how you got hurt on a broken window. Oh my gosh. You don't have to tell it if it's bad. <laughs> oh, this is such a bad story. Uh, okay, you don't have to tell it if you don't want to. <laughs> um, I'm going to sugarcoat this as much as I possibly can. It was after Blaze. I was very intoxicated and there was someone that was in my bedroom with me and someone else on my team at the time was very unhappy that we were in the bedroom together and he decided to crawl around the roof of my house and break the window in order to disrupt you know this meeting and we uh i jumped out of bed stuck my shirtless body out this window and cut my arm um and as i was walking back to bed it was basically like sam oh my god like look at your arm and like i can show you this scar I don't know if you can see oh that. Oh my gosh! Ow! Yeah, just slit my arm open, um, and uh, got rushed to the hospital and got a bunch of stitches. Jeez, that story sounds extremely dramatic. Yeah, it was it was quite the post nationals party that year. <laughs> sounds about right. <laughs> um, what is rent is due? Uh, rent is due is from the quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles in a preseason interview when. They asked him about like how he's going to make it through the season because he basically was like out to every single game, like because they basically like Eagles fans are relentless. And if you have one bad game, they're immediately looking for you to be replaced. And he basically <laughs> just said like, it's this just rent is due every day mentality where it's like every day you got to wake up and get it done, you know, and pay your rent or else you're going to get, you know, booted. And that's, I just heard that. And I'm like, damn that's the mentality I need to have is like, if I'm not, if I'm not paying my rent every single day, like I'm gone, I'm out of this sport. You know what I mean? Like quite literally, if I don't pay my rent every single day and work my ass off, like I'm not getting another contract, you know, like I will start making shoes at Adidas or wherever, you know, and like help the sport in another way outside of Tin Man if I don't get the support, but you know, it's just the cutthroat reality of it. Yeah. What's the favorite, what's your favorite piece of Tin Man merch you've ever created? Is it called merch? Is that what you would call it? No, I hate calling it merch. Actually. Okay. Yeah. Cause I was like, I feel like you guys do not call it merch. Product. Product. Tin Man <laughs> maybe product. Product is even more pretentious. Maybe that's one of my, I maybe I need my bubble burst on that one too. Maybe I should be calling it merch. Such a prick product. <laughs> um, uh, I'll say that we did these like bleach dyed black hoodies and it's like how I asked my girlfriend out at the time to like help me with them. And it was like a business meeting, but it was actually just a date. So because of the ties with that, um, probably that hoodie. Yeah. Wow. That's very wholesome. Dyed Tim Manley hoodies. Yeah. (laughs) I'm releasing this shoe like later this summer and I think it's going to like, I think it's so, so sick. And I think it's going to be your favorite. It's going to replace your favorite piece everything oh yeah this shoe is crazy like the materials and everything that we did and just like how many rounds of sampling we did for it it's just like crazy i actually have a sample here um that i'll show you after but okay it's exclusive so (laughs) not that anyone can even see it because this is audio only but oh really this video doesn't get posted so no No. one's gonna see my scar that i actually have on my arm no but it was it was wild it was the craziest scar i've ever seen just letting everyone know yeah, no one knew it went right across my face. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> someone someone just asked, how much money do you make? You don't have to answer. 
not not enough. <laughs> just like uh, just like everyone in this sport. Um, I, I th- that's one thing I promise. I'm gonna like say this publicly now, just because I saw people talking about it before. The minute I retire from the sport, like is the minute I tell everyone how much I'm I'm making, just to help someone else. You know, like I yeah. don't understand why retired runners can just put their ego aside and just tell people that you were that you were making under 50k or that you were making 10k like yeah people you know like there's very few people out there that are actually like proud of their contracts distance runners and sprinters alike and i really wish retired people that are allowed to yeah i was like don't people sign ndas for like years yeah yeah like even like i'm pretty sure it's like a few years after my Adidas contract, I legally am not allowed to say anything either. Um, I don't know exact. I need to ask like my agent about all that stuff, but like, luckily like through Tim Manalite and like working very hard through that and like with securing other sponsorships, like I've been able to like make enough money in order to like live the lifestyle that I want to live and like that I don't have to live month, month by month, you know, yeah. like I once was. So, yeah. Well, it doesn't come easy. You work hard, so you deserve it. Do you have any, what is like your advice for entrepreneurs or creatives in the running world? I know you kind of talked about the pillars and everything, but like. Surround yourself with people that inspire you. Like that's, that's like the best advice I feel like I've ever gotten. And it's like, surround yourself with photographers, videographers, like people that are just, you know, free thinkers, you know, just like, you know, latch yourself onto mentors, you know, like that's that's how you're going to move the needle the fastest is like if you're if you have someone that is able to hear your ideas totally without any judgment like i have notes like my notes folder on my phone is like like if if i ever get like in trouble with the law or something like i'm going to jail for so long because you're like oh my gosh this guy's a maniac like incoherent like thoughts and like ideas that i just like write down when i like i'll literally wake up at night and be like oh like write that down you know like crazy crazy incoherent you know ramblings but surround yourself with people that like inspire you and are like gonna lift you up and like empower you because that's like what drew and reed did like reed and drew were like the best version of like okay sam like that's really stupid but we think this could be really cool you know where it's like not just like breaking you down and being like laughing at you or making you feel judged by your ideas or things you know like um so like yeah surround yourself with people like the the right people and like you can you can go so far so quickly that's good advice do you have any advice to your younger self i would probably tell young sam uh i wish i wouldn't have like held stuff like to my like heart as long as i did with stuff you know like just like the insecurities of being like the short kid in high school and stuff and like being able to tell him like hey like be okay with who you are right now and know that like things are gonna work out you know like i wish i could definitely go to that kid and like not make him as insecure and as you know like yeah that's good advice <laughs> i think a lot of people can you know take that to heart be okay with the person you are right now like yeah. that's what i would that's what i would tell him like i would just tell him like hey like be okay with the person you are right now and like embrace that fully because like this is a part of like 
your journey and like who you're going to become later, you know? Yeah. Like, sure. Sweet. Well, that's all my questions. Um, this was a good episode. I feel like it went, it kind of went exactly where I thought it was going to go, but I was just <laughs> curious to pick your brain as a fellow, I guess, entrepreneur in the running world. And yeah, yeah like I said, your first Tin Man guy to come on. And I was like, oh, this is good. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Uh, well, where, what do you want to plug? Because you have probably a lot of things that you want to plug uh, or that you could plug, but what is your priority? What do you want people to check out? I want to plug, I had a really great talk with, uh, the guy who started, um, Forest. Um, it's this new, like running brand, but it's not what you think it is. Um, and he has a lot of Brendan, um, and he has a lot of cool stuff coming up. So check out Forest running on Instagram um april 16th we're dropping some sweet shoes um that i'm super excited about that i leaked today that adidas is going to be really mad at me about because i leaked it early but so it goes (laughs) (laughs) yeah just corporate corporate stuff you know um yeah and just uh i would just say if you're ever looking at something on social media and it even remotely you know like gets your head spinning in the wrong direction just mute it. Like, don't be afraid to just mute someone. Like I know unfollowing can be hard, but just mute them and like recognize that you're probably going to be better off, whether it's like, even if it's a close friend and you just need a break from like how happy they are, if you're not, you know, so I'll plug, uh, I'll plug muting people when you need to. <laughs> <on Instagram. laughs> I honestly agree with that. I second that because yeah. yeah, I do that sometimes too. It's not, yeah. Unfollowing is a little aggressive if it's like someone that yeah. you know, personally but muting i'm a fan of so yeah i mean there's people i still want to like support but it's just people that i recognize or i'm like when i see their content right now it's just kind of like puts me in a worse headspace than i was before i was looking at it so yeah it's honestly not anyone's fault it's just like where you're where you know internally where you're at so yeah absolutely i get it all right sam well thank you for joining us uh to close out the episode can we get a good old peace out fellas Peace out, fellas. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of Commas Over Cold Brew. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Sam. We talked about a lot of different things, and it's always really interesting to hear different entrepreneurs slash creative people in the running world. Since the world is so small, I'm always so curious just to see how people start things and where they plan on going with their brands that they create and everything. So it was really fun talking to Sam. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts if you haven't already. It helps me out so much and it's a free way to support the podcast. Also, we have merch on the website. The link is in the show notes as per usual. Follow us on Instagram at comms over cold brew pod if you want to be up to date and submit listener questions. Thank you all so much for listening and I will catch you all next week. Peace out, fellas. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.